Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy, and I'll be your host. I'm also the founder of Array Digital, where we help law firms grow with digital marketing. Today, I got a special guest actually recording over the holidays in between Christmas and New Year's because we don't stop over here, and my guest doesn't either. So, Elizabeth Caveney, welcome to the show. Kevin, thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. No, thanks for uh, connecting with me and looking forward to hearing more about your story. I got the, a little bit of insight. Um, we've spoken before, so I'm just happy to have you here again over the holidays sharing your story. So my pleasure. Um, yeah. So uh, just to, so we get started, I want to move, you know, know more about you and your story, your passions and your firm. But just so we're getting started here, anyone that's tuning in early uh, when this is live, tell us your, your firm name and, and I'll put up the website address so they can actually go take a look and, and, and learn more about your firm as, as they're listening. Sure. Well, I am the managing partner of Haveny and Kroll, which you may see behind me. And Haveny and Kroll is a kind of a boutique litigation um, plaintiff's firm in Chicago. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So everyone, if you're tuning in, you can go. if you're watching on video here, you can see the web address below on the screen. If you are listening, that's KavenyKroll.com. That's K-A-V-E-N-Y-K-R-O-L-L.com. You can go take a look at her firm, learn more about what they do and what they specialize in. As always, I like to make sure people know what they each other do. Other managing partners hopefully can connect and create some referral sources. And uh, that's what we help promote here as well. So thank you so much again for coming on. So first, I want to start with your story, your journey. What made you become an attorney? What was that kind of defining moment? And uh, tell us a little bit about that, that journey to where you are now. It's so funny because from watching some of your podcasts, I think the um, common theme that I find is it's a very windy, twisted turn to become a managing partner of a law, much less to become a lawyer. Um, and mine is definitely the same. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And for those of you who are familiar with Pittsburgh or the Pittsburgh Steelers or uh, U.S. Steel, we are a steel town. And I'm from a steel foundry, a steel family. I worked in a steel foundry um, growing up. And I went to Lehigh University. I was the first in the next generation to take over my family's steel business. And um, I went to Lehigh and studied engineering and economics and um, came back and worked there for a year with every intention of taking that business into the next generation for um, my younger sisters and my um, cousins that were all younger than I am. And um, within a year after being at a school like Lehigh, which is Bethlehem Steel's engineering school, I could quickly see that this was not a business that was going to support another generation. It had been in my family for, I would have been the fourth generation. Wow. But it was not, um, we weren't automated enough. We weren't advanced enough. We hadn't done the right things to keep us modern, if you could be modern at all in the steel industry. So I convinced my dad that now was the time and we took the steel company apart. We sold off the pieces and we paid for my sisters, my cousins, myself, everybody to go to college and um, me to go to law school. So 
Yeah, so that's how I ended up in law school. I picked law school because like so many people um, on your show, I took a couple law classes in college and liked them, unlike a lot of other things. And I went to law school. I didn't have any lawyers in my family, no real law background, but jumped in with both feet. And I got to say, it was other than having my children, which I know you as a dad, it was the best three years of my life. It was, you know, three years where I knew I was exactly where I was supposed to be. I loved every day of law school. I loved the learning. I loved the mock trial. I loved the classes. I loved the intellect. I loved the other people. It was just a, a really amazing experience and reinforced in my mind, this is the right track that I'm on. So that's uh, that's how I got started. <laughs> very awesome story. Very interesting story. And I, I think, honestly... You know, one of the things I think that, you know, as a managing partner and being very successful and, and doing your own thing is being that, you know, young and realizing and recognizing that that business wasn't going to be sustainable. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do, especially if you don't have, you know, quite that the experience at that, you know, you're young to make that decision for yourself. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not just for myself, but for my entire family, you know, it's a big um, burden, but it prepared yeah for the burden of being a lawyer, representing clients and being a managing partner and leading other attorneys. So start young, start strong. I love it. So I'm actually in Virginia. So I've been to Pennsylvania quite a few times, uh, not too far away from me. I don't think I've ever been to Pittsburgh though, but amazing story. I love it. So I want to take a little bit a step further is take us through, you became an attorney, you went to law school, out of there, what what path did you take? I assume you went to work with some other firms or kind of worked your way through to get to where you are now. So give us a little right. more information on that. And then when you started uh, your firm now. Sure. So I knew from law school and from being on the mock trial uh, team that I wanted to be a trial lawyer. I wanted to be in the courtroom. I, I couldn't understand why anyone would go to law school and want to do something else, transactional work or contracts. Like it just, I, I didn't understand it. To me, there was nothing better than being on your feet, cross-examining, direct examinations, just thinking on your feet. And so my mom worked for Midway Airlines based out of Chicago. I loved Chicago and I wanted to come to the city of Chicago. So I found a firm that was hiring an associate, a small firm. They had three attorneys and they wanted an associate and they wanted an associate with experience. And this is one of the greatest things I can share towards to younger lawyers. And that is never take no for an answer. So I, uh, I told them I was coming to Chicago to interview with some other firms, not true, that I was gonna be there in uh, two weeks, not true. And that uh, I wanted to just meet them and learn a little bit more about their firm. So I got my foot in the door. And after the interview, which went very well, the attorney said, you know, we're just not looking for a first year we want an attorney with some experience and um i said i'll tell you what i will come to chicago and i will work for your firm for free for one month and if at the end of the month you do not think that i am add value then i'll walk away no hard feelings but i think you're going to find that you made a good bet on me and so they did so that's why i say never take no for an answer you know put, get your foot in push 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 if it's something that you really want so um that was my first job epstein zaidman and Astray was the name of the firm great that's awesome 
start with five years of litigation experience. I tried a murder case within my first year of passing the bar solo. Did a lot of civil work, did a lot of criminal defense work, was in the courtroom all the time trying cases. And I'm really grateful to those guys for giving my start. They were all wonderful mentors in different different ways. I went from there. Um, when things changed there, I went to Kane Obish Probes and Garippo, which was exactly the same thing. Another small litigation firm, plaintiff's personal injury firm that they were all in the courtroom a lot. They did mostly PI, a little bit of criminal defense. They were all great lawyers. And I worked for them for a few years. They had one thing that my previous firm did not have, and that was a woman. They had a female attorney, which I very much wanted to work for a female attorney as a female. Um, it makes a difference. And I wanted to see how does a female attorney address? How does a female attorney carry off a cross-examination without looking like a bitch? How does a, a female attorney carry herself in court? How does she handle a room full of men and male male doctors as witnesses? And so Lorna Probes was that partner that started as my mentor. And uh, within a couple of years, we became partners. We started Probes and Katie, and she double crossed me in a horrible way and became a judge. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> so I say she gave me the best gift and the worst gift that you could ever give a young lawyer, and that is an entire law firm. So I inherited the law firm from her. Uh, at the same time, I had four children under the age of six and decided to merge with the firm. Uh, did that for eight years. It was a very good firm. Uh, took me to a new level of the type of cases that we did. Very catastrophic, high-end, seven, eight-figure cases. And took me to a new level of trying cases. And one day I looked around and, you know, truthfully, Kevin, I, I had been there for eight years. The main partner who I loved and that I went there for had retired. And I looked around and I thought, I don't really even like these people. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Blunt, but sometimes you just, you know, things evolve. People evolve. Relationships evolve. I evolve. And change. Yeah, things change. And I was like, okay, I've got one good chapter left of my life, what of my career, what do I want to do with it? And I had been at so many great firms, had been with so many great mentors. And I said, I want to start a firm from scratch. I want to take everything I've learned, all the best people from all the best firms. And I want to start from scratch and I want to do it exactly the way it should be done from communication with clients to how a firm works internally to how to make everybody on a team versus competitive to compensation. And I just created it from the ground up. I spent a year devising it and that's the birth of Cave and Crawl. I love it. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. I absolutely love it. So a couple of key things in there too, I think. One, you had time to plan and, and really create what you want. Yeah. And I think you know a lot of businesses, not just law firms, but they're usually started kind of, you know, no budget, no real no structure, no process. 
you know, you just got to have to do what you can. Yeah. And so it's hard to over time change it to what you need it to be. But yeah. so you had a nice fresh start, which is great. And then also communication with clients. You mentioned that that's that's massive. And that's something that my company we work on constantly. And you can never it's never perfect. It's always a work in progress. But uh, that's a huge piece. Number, it is the number one complaint made to the attorney registration and disciplinary committee is that clients don't receive the communication from their attorneys on what's going on with their case. Yeah. And, so and they're concerned and worried or. Yeah, exactly. So we have a pattern set up of every time the case hits a milestone, client automatically gets a letter saying, Hey, great news. All of your medical records are in. We're ready to review the case. Um, we should be back to you within 30 to 60 days so that they know what to expect. I mean, this is their life. And in, in many cases, they are lost um, yeah. and we don't want them to feel that way. Yeah, no, is that. And so we do just marketing for law firms, which is what we do. But same thing, well, it's their budget, it's their money for their marketing and advertising. So it's their, what's going on? Am I getting yeah. calls? Am I getting leads? Is my money wasted? You know, it's so it's not quite life and death, but it's, you know, it's their livelihood. And for us, it's, we have to be Johnny on the spot with that communication and, and say, you're now here. We got this done. You know, so it's, I think there's the communication on for law firms. I hear that's a, you know, that's a big issue and concern uh, for might, a lot of firms. That, you might not think it's life and death marketing for a law firm, but you'd be surprised. <laughs> it is. We well, have a, a lot of stock and a lot of faith in a company like yours when we pick it to do our advertising. And, you know, we, we're, we're supporting an entire, an entire staff of employees and their families. Yeah and clients and their families. And you're kind of at the pinnacle of that marketing for us. So give yourself a pat on the back. You are actually. <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that. And that's, you know, that's actually something uh, which is off topic here, but uh, that we're working on internally for, you know, to let our staff and team members know, you know, we don't just make websites, we don't just do this, but like we're helping you or our law firm clients help their clients, which are people in need. Um, so it's uh, the the better we can do, the better more people they can help. So we're working on that from a you know more of an internal messaging culture of you know why do you show up to work and why do we do what we do? Yeah. Um, because it's not just making websites or social media posts, right? So anyway, that's something aside that we're working on. But so also one more thing I wanted to hit on, which I thought was hilarious, was was that you basically are like, hey, I'm going to be there in Chicago next week or whatever. I have done that same thing to get a client before and. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm actually going to be in Florida or Orlando Tuesday. And like, oh, you're busy. Like, oh, really? I meant Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, actually. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like messaging like someone on my team, like, what am I got going on? Like, can I get a flight like right away? So I, I booked it after they agreed to meet. And then I, I never had a meeting. Do what you need um, to do. They became a client. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. I love that. And uh, that's, that's a good move right there. So awesome story so far. So I want to ask a little more about the firm specifically. Some of the marketing you've done now, you, how long have you had this new brand, the new firm? It's been three years now. Three years. Okay. So what are some of the things that you've done just because we do do marketing and we like to ask a little bit about that. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've done outside of just referrals? I know you have connections and I'm sure you have some mentors and referral partners. Uh, what have you done from a marketing standpoint, outreach, websites, all that stuff that has generated some some cases coming in the door? 
You know, I, I've tried to think outside the box um, as I did when forming the firm um, and not do just the tried and true things. I think there's organizations that everybody feels like, oh, we have to join this or, oh, our name could be missing from this list if we don't pay them, you know, $10,000. You're going to be a super lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Didn't want to call anybody out, but yeah. Um, Sorry, I'll do it. <laughs> I do. Uh, so I'm glad you did. Thank you. So I've tried to think outside the box and, you know, what are, how do people get to a lawyer and what are they looking for? And whether it's from a referring attorney or it's a direct in from a client, it's usually a personal relationship and someone that they really care about. And so I've tried to create a website tried to create videos on our website um, that show we're people. Um, yeah. The same thing in my Facebook and in my LinkedIn, you know, I put in there pictures of my dogs and um, that I have four children and that I spent four months in the NICU. Um, I know what it's like to have a child with special, you know, needs or coming from a, a hard start. And Try to market those aspects of us that might not be, as well as, you know, one of the top 25 medical malpractice attorneys in the country. You know, all the, all the things that, you know, the accolades that I get. But also remember, I'm a person and I care about other people and it's why I do what I do. You know, most of the referrals, even if they come in from a lawyer, it's their neighbor, it's their cousin, it's their uncle, it's it's their mother, it's someone that it means something to them. It's not just a cold call they got on the phone that they're referring to me. Yeah. And so I think that personal touch in marketing is something that I've guys. No, I, I love that. So um and I completely agree. And for me that's like you have you know, those things have to be done right. If not Every other thing, you know, anything I could do or market, advertise for you, just say. If the website and your your brand, your message, the human element, your culture, whatever, if that's not done right and it's not appealing to anyone or they don't feel they get to know you or they're not comfortable, then you're really wasting money on a lot of other ways to get people to your site. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If that site's not doing its job, and not just the site, but it could be your brand, the logo, the everything, photos, the people. All those things I think everyone needs to think about as an attorney or a managing partner, that even if it was a referral and that referral first went to your site to see if they were going to call you, you know, how many referrals may you may not get because they're like, oh, that's looks like a stuffy old, you know, law firm. I don't want to talk to them. I don't know. But so it's just how, you know, how can you improve those things like you've done, which will help amplify everything else you do? You know, yeah. I've gotten clients where they, they say, hey, I've seen your videos on LinkedIn. And for six months, and I feel like I know you, I want to be become a client. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't even know if they are. And they're just like, kind of weird, mm -hmm. but I feel like I already know you guys. And so, you know, video is strong with that, you know, and, and posting and being more, you know, authentic. Authentic, um, exactly. Authentic and genuine. Isn't it so yeah. true that somebody should, when they see your marketing, they should get a feel for you and your company and your culture and yep. know whether you're the right one for them because exactly. um, you might not be i mean i you know i it's i it doesn't hurt my feelings that's if, okay 
wants to go to a firm with all male and you know very traditional dark wood and heavy library and all the books and you know if that's what they're looking for then that's we'll it find it <laughs> Go find plenty of those. (laughs) I'm more Seuss than LA Law, but you know, that's okay. (laughs) Well, I think that's the the other important thing is uh, understanding your ideal customer and everything else you do is catering to them. Like it's everything visually designed, everything should be having them in mind. And so you don't get the customer, you know, this client you don't want shouldn't be attracted to you. Right. So, exactly. yeah. so yeah. again, that's for me, that's like so important what you've done there, because I think a lot of people skip a lot of that stuff. They're just like, whatever. And they, they spend a lot of money advertising or Google ads or billboards. And there's no consistent message. There's no, you know, there's no human element. There's no reason to want to talk to those people at all. So Finding a marketing company that you trust and that gets you, I think is so important because um, it is one of the biggest expenses of a law firm. And at least it should be from a managing partner perspective, it should be your face, your people, and your perception or your marketing. So your your three Ps, your people, your place, your perception. And the marketing is, it's either hitting your mark and it's giving the right perception of who you are and who your firm is, or it's not. Yep. No, I totally agree. And I I have another personal podcast that I do. And I I just did an episode recently, but it was everything in your business is your marketing, the wall color, the people you hire, the everything, you know, every single thing you do and say inside or outside of the firm or your company is your marketing in some way, how someone interacts with people that are on the phone, how people interact with your employees. So just everything. There's something I think everyone needs to take a hard look at because uh, I, I talk to a lot of firms that are not quite as put together. I can see Kevin, why people fall in love with you and want array digital to marketing <laughs> because you really get it. And I can see why, why you get law firms that contact you and be like, I've watched some of your videos and I've watched <laughs> and I need your help. I can, I can definitely see it. Well, I appreciate that. You know, we're, we got a ways to go. We niched in law uh, about two years ago. We're still figuring things out, um, but we're very selective too. We don't just hire or sign on clients that are just not a good fit. There's plenty of firms out there that yeah. are not good fits for us that we can't help. So it's, you know, it's, it's something that we work towards, but we, we know who's the right fit and we got to be very focused on that and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I appreciate that. Um, okay, so ask him more questions about your firm. Um, three years in, what is your plans? Say 2022, any big goals, any big plans? And then maybe looking like five years out, what is what is on your radar? Wait, those are and, good and we'll, we'll put Omicron and all that aside. We have no clue. We can't control that. But uh, other than that, what is what is really you know your, your goals for growth coming going forward? That's a that's a really good question. Although we're three years out, I feel like we're one year out because the courts have been closed for two years, and that's just a fact. So you know, we had a great first year. It was a lot about bonding a lot of motivation of the employees, a lot of just getting to know each other and make us a a cohesive team that knew each other's cases, knew each other's clients, and nothing would be dropped. And I think as far as growth, where I'd like to see us go in the next year, we're starting a a birth injury um, trial on January 5th for a seven-year-old girl that has cerebral palsy result of her labor and delivery. So that is, you know, a two-month trial for us. That'll take up a lot of 2022, kick us off 
And then we just have a backlog of trials that we're booked two in November, one in December, one in January, three in February. And I think it's going to be kind of a catch up year for us. It'll be great. It'll be great to have those clients see their case come to a fruition. Um, it'll be great for us as a firm to have those cases close from a financial perspective because we, as a plaintiff's firm, work on a contingency fee basis. So I think that's kind of my goal for 2022 is just to get us rolling in the way that I want us to roll in the future. Excellent. Um, yeah. My long-term goal is to help everybody here at the firm kind of find their niche and or their niches. I've definitely find, found mine, which is it's hard as a managing partner. You know, my heart goes out to all the managing partners because we're in charge of HR. We're in charge of finances. We're in charge of hiring and firing. We are probably trial lawyers ourselves and maybe even the main trial lawyer. We're in charge of rainmaking. So we're kind of running everything in, in a lot of firms. In bigger firms, maybe that's not the case, but I imagine a lot of people that we listen to your podcast or in the same situation. My goal oh, yeah. for is for people to kind of find their niches where they like and they're comfortable with those cases and make sure we're all moving the boat in the same direction. And I, you know, I've kind of found some niches that I like and that I feel comfortable in and that I think I'm the best lawyer in Chicago for. Um, so I just want to kind of keep moving in that direction. We're also hiring a couple of new legal assistants, not necessarily partner, but I like bringing women in. I like bringing them in from the ground level for, you know, one or two years and pushing them forward. I see ourselves as a female forward law firm. Don't tell my partner, Jeff Kroll, I said that. <laughs> they won't tell him. I'll have, I'll have him on next week and ask him. A forward firm and, you know, trying to, um, and get women in the law and keep them in the law and show them how to do that. As I was shown by my mentors, Lorna Probst and Patty Bob. So. Yeah, I, no, I love that. And, um, you know, you're lucky that you had her there, right? So, and yeah. she was the only one at the time. So, uh, well, anyone listening to it, she's hiring. You got any referrals for her? Maybe um, when you see this, um, you can send anyone along to her website, um, which is listed right below. So um, that's great. So, I mean, I think that's really good because I think as you become an attorney and, and kind of finding your way and everyone that you bring on is probably in the same boat. You know, they, they come into PI, their medical malpractice, like what do they really want to niche in? And what is that when they had that feeling of this is what I need to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the biggest mistake with medical malpractice cases is that attorneys try and do them themselves. Um, it's the, it's the false lore of easy money so by far the hardest cases to try. And I've tried everything, like I said, from murder case to a uh, slip and fall at the mall are by far the hardest cases to try. You are up against the toughest litigators in the city of Chicago, if not lawyers brought in from other parts of the country, and they are the most expensive. It's not unusual for me to have $250,000, $300,000 invested in one medical malpractice case before we even step foot inside the courthouse stores. And I'm fortunate enough, I feel fortunate enough that we've, I've come to a point in my career that I can do those types of cases. 
One other uh, type of case that I wanted to mention that we're doing right now, which I've never done before, is venturing into the world of mass torts. So I did a little bit of the Vioxx litigation. I did a little bit of the New England Compounding Center tainted steroids, but this one is kind of near and dear to my heart. It is against Abbott and um, Mead Johnson for the production of infant formula geared towards premature babies. It's a known fact that premature babies cannot digest formula made from cow's milk. And yet these companies have made formulas that they specifically market, market, target, Mm. drop off for free at NICUs around the country sometimes in the most socially deprived, socioeconomically deprived areas of the country. And it causes the baby's bellies, their intestines to literally perforate and they live with lifelong injuries and sometimes even death. So there's um, thousands of babies across the country that have been affected by these formulas over the last 10 years. And so that's something that I've found as one of my niches and one of my passions. And, and that's one of the things I like doing as a managing partner, right, is that we get the luxury of kind of being able to pick and choose what we are going to handle as cases and yeah. dealt other cases that um, we might think are better fitted or better suited to other attorneys in your firm. So these formula cases, I have two babies that were born premature and spent a lot of time in the NICU. So this is a near and dear to my heart. So very involved in that. And I hope to spend a lot of time on that in the next five years. Excellent. Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit pre-show and yeah. uh, the web address is nickbaby.com. So it's N-E-C-baby.com if you're listening to the podcast. So so she's actually created a, uh, a niche kind of site for this particular area. Um, but go check that out and, and see what she's done with that. Yeah. And I think... Neck, neck is NEC or neck is the yep. disease that the babies develop. And so baby um, just seemed like a natural. So sure. um, good marketing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from a professional, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I think too, like anyone that, that finds a special area or a niche... And I had a, another a good a few good attorneys on here, but one um, uh, Jed Kurzband. Uh, I've been talking with him quite a bit. He's a really cool guy, uh, but he travels around the country. You mentioned that before with attorneys coming in. He's one of those attorneys that comes in from. A, um, he's actually licensed in Florida and Hawaii, but um, he's found a niche in some kind of uh, kidney uh, medical malpractice and. It's these huge cases and he, he comes in, he flies all over the world, all over the country and gets, you know, put up for months sometimes to, to work on these cases. So, yeah. uh, but he has a, a site for it. It's very specific. Uh, he needs a, one or two of those referrals a year and he's, you know, that's all, all he does. So yeah. um, very specialized, but I think it's important that to, you know, put a site out there, put some content out there for that, build some SEO value and, and um, that's a good way to market for sure. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's something that we're uh, really developing and we're looking forward to getting um, more involved in. At least I personally am. Um, it, I think um, as a managing partner, you want to know that you're making a difference in not just your firm, but in the legal industry. At least I do. And by bringing attorneys up and helping them to be the best they can be, helping them find their niches, pushing them. And also, you know, still developing as an attorney myself, still challenging me to find new avenues that I want to explore and um, things that I want to try. It's kind of what it's all about. So. Yeah, and I think um, you mentioned this too. I think 
always keeping the doors open too, which is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, you know, you've done the time, you, you've done a lot of these cases and, and yeah, now you get to, to say, hey, I want that one and I don't want that one. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and, and really focus on what you want to and, you know, you know, younger attorneys might not have that luxury coming into it and they got to find their own way. But, but it's great that you're putting together a system and a platform you know, a firm that'll allow them to find specializes themselves, you know. And I so. think it's important as a managing partner to market not just yourself and not just your firm, but your younger attorneys. I mean, I'm always amazed at even the youngest of my attorneys, um, the referrals that they bring in. I mean, they bring in great cases. Um, they've got just as many connections. And um, I think it's silly to overlook their potential and not to market them as well. And so um, we really try and, you know, do a spotlight of the week and do... Um, get whether it's a legal assistant or a law clerk or one of the associates um, nice. that they're being marketed as well. So um, I think um, that's something that managing partners of small law firms have the, have the luxury of doing. Yeah. I think um, with any company, everyone can be a salesperson in your company, yeah. right? And they're representing your company one way or another, right? So they better remember that on Friday night at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Don't get, you know, keep, stay focused. Uh, no, I love that. So yeah, everyone in your company should be hopefully wanting to bring a new business if they can, not necessarily their primary job, but um, it's great when you have such a good culture that people are like, oh, you, gotta, you need to call my firm, like, because that's what we do. We can help you. So I, I love that. My job. I see it as my job to bring in the business, to be the rainmaker, um, to make sure I have enough business for all of my lawyers to keep them busy. Um, but anything that they do bring in on their own, um, kudos to them and they're compensated accordingly. So um, excellent kind of in the plaintiff's world, that's, you know, that's the way it works. So, um, and that's the only way they get to be where I am. I love it. Well, thanks so much for sharing, uh, you know, what you're up to now and uh, with the, uh, the neckbaby.com and, and that case is starting, you said in February, it's a big case um, you're working on? is starting on January 5th. So January that's 5th, okay. Injury CP case, yeah. So um, we are in the trenches, as they say. So yeah, like I mentioned, we're recording this um, right, right after Christmas. And uh, New Year's is what in two days gives you some yep. time sample when we're recording this. Um, where most people are at home, we're off and whatever. So, pushing <laughs> we're forward. Sure. We're pushing so, forward. Yeah. So hopefully, 2022 is going to be. Uh, I remember saying this last year. Hopefully, 2021 is going to be put an end to 2020. But hopefully, 2022 <laughs> is going to put an end to all of it, and we can all move on uh, happily and have a good year. Yep, that's so. Uh, that's uh, me and Elizabeth's prediction right there. We're gonna have a better year, and things will turn around. We're gonna move forward either way, right? So, uh, as a managing partner or me owning a, a firm, you know, we have people to take care of and look out for. So we got to move forward either way. Uh, hopefully, things will, you know, go much better this year, and uh, it'll be in the past. But it's all we can hope for. Right. Exactly. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Very unique. I think a lot of lessons in there. Even when you were, again, when you were young and not even an attorney yet. Uh, some of the things you've done, I think uh, any managing partner can can pick up and, and learn from. And, and you know, your the way your firm appears, the content, the messaging, the branding, uh, the video aspect, you know, social media. Ask you know anyone listening. Ask yourself: Is it appealing to your ideal customer? Does it yeah. make them want to uh, take that next step? Whether it's a phone call, form fill, you know, read an article, whatever. Um, you know, take a look at your marketing and 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 see. Hey, does this represent to know your audience, like you said. I mean, I'm I'm as a plaintiff's personal injury 
attorney, my clients are very different than um, Boeing or a Fortune 500 company. You know, I I don't need an office like some of like Latham and Watcher, Kirkland and Ellis and Sidley and Austin. You know, I want an office that, which was one of the fun things is decorating new space. I want an office that, okay, this is classy. This is rich. I feel comfortable leaving my $10 million case here, but also <laughs> I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable here. I can yeah. sit here and there's, you know, a, a curing machine here that I can make myself a cup of coffee and there's no receptionist. Nobody's watching over me because for a lot of people, it's the first time ever in the high, in a high rise yeah. and for my clients. And so, um, you know, I just wanted them to have a, have a good experience. They've been the victim of medical negligence or car accident or some sort of catastrophic injury. And they're certainly not going to be a victim again in the legal system on my watch. So I love it. I like it. That's a lot of your lessons there. Everyone, you should listen to this again. So, well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for sharing all this with me today. Uh, be sure to go check out uh, her firm and uh, go to her website. It's just down below on your screen. That's KaylinLeanCroll.com for anyone listening. And uh, anything else you want to share before we go? No, Kevin, thank you so much. You know, I'm always available. People can contact me by my website, kvnecroll.com. They can call the office. They can email me. I try and do a lot of mentoring. I'm happy to answer questions. I'm happy to co-counsel on cases. Um, and one thing I always tell clients is you'll get the, card, the cold hard truth from me. Um, you either have a case or you don't. And I'm going to just call a spade a spade. So, um Anything anybody needs that's listening to this, feel free to give me a call. Love it. Well, thank you for offering that. And uh, yeah, please connect everyone. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we want people to do here is connect, reach out, uh, help each other, grow yeah. each other. Yeah. And um, so this will be up soon or available uh, always up on our website. So raylaw.com forward slash podcast. Um, you can search or sort by practice area, or you can search by location, city, state. Um, so we've had, a, I don't know, at this point, 160 plus managing partners. So there's lots of great content there, but this episode will be up there as well. Um, so you'll, you'll have this to share. And we'll also be featuring this in our managing partners newsletter, which goes out once a week. Uh, in there, we give marketing tips. We share episodes that are coming up. And we also have the book club uh, where managing partners that have been on, written their own books. We've had quite a few. Uh, have written mostly their books so are helping managing partners uh, run their firm in different aspects. So uh, we also share that in there. So books that, have, uh, that, that we feature as well as again, marketing and other things like that, that we recommend uh, Google updates, stuff like that, that might be helpful to you. So get that in your inbox. If you want that, you can reach out to us. If not, go to raylaw.com. You can sign up for that. And uh, that's it. You need any help marketing? or doing anything close to what Elizabeth's doing here, reach out to us at raylaw.com. We exclusively work with attorneys. Uh, we take on two per month and that's it. We try to control our intake process and uh, our onboarding process and make it the best experience possible. But if you need any help, if you just have questions, you know, just starting out, I'm happy to help you refer you, tell you what you could do um, on the cheap uh, versus what we recommend if you have the budget for it. So that's it. Elizabeth, anything else? We'll no, say you're doing a great job. Ray Digital is doing a great job and you're doing a great job marketing yourselves and uh, helping other lawyers. I think getting managing partners together and um, us sharing advice and tips is, uh, is really helpful. And you're doing a great service for us. So thank you very much. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I really do. And I uh, appreciate you sharing, you know, everything today and learning more about your firm. But yeah, I wish you all the success in 2022. Everyone, uh, happy new year. 
and hopefully we can we'll have a good year. Everyone get out there and crush it. Bring it. <laughs> Bring it. Let's go. All right, Elizabeth, stay backstage with me. Everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Happy. Bye.